What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Episode 58, How to Escape a Shadow Career and Follow Your True Calling. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Farrah Gray once said, build your own dreams or someone else will hire you to build theirs. Ooh. Can you relate to that one? Hello and welcome back, everybody, to Life Amplified. If you look at the statistics by Gallup, only 7% of the 3.3 billion people globally who are either working or looking for work say that they have a great job where they're actively engaged and they feel fulfilled. That is frightening. That means 90% of people are doing just what we talked about here in this quote. You have a job, it's a steady paycheck, it's probably a comfortable living, but you're working in a position where you're helping either a corporation fulfill its goals, you're working for an individual to help them achieve their dreams, all the while you're treating yours like a mistress and you're just kind of holding it over to the side. And that's what this episode is about this week. I'm so excited to share the content that I've learned. I recently read a book that turned my life upside down and gave me an entirely new perspective on why I stayed in my old corporate career four years longer than I should, but also really helps me better understand the epidemic of why so many people are unfulfilled in the job that they have. So before we dive into that, a few questions for you today to let you know what this episode is for you. Do you find yourself more often than not helping other people do the things that matter to them while you never seem to find the time to work toward the goals that are important to you? 
Are you a person that has a hard time saying no, especially to something that looks like a good cause? And are you also a person who is constantly going out of your way to help friends or family with their problems to the point where you feel a personal sense of responsibility to be there for them and guide them through it? And if you answered yes to all those questions, look, good for you. It means that you're a person with tremendous empathy and a big heart. And those are the kind of people that tend to show up in my community and our listeners to this podcast. You're here because you want to show up and make a difference in the world. You want to use your gifts in service of others. And I want you to know I deeply honor that. But sometimes our service is not so much from a genuine place as much as it is an excuse. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that, because if you're being honest with yourself, has there been times, maybe even in the last, you know, 30 to 60 days when you've shown up and you've done something for someone else, but you've been a little resentful about it? You know, somebody's like, hey, will you help me move this weekend? And you're like, sure, love to. Meanwhile, in the back of your mind, you're like, ah, damn it, I wanted to do this other thing. You know, we've all been there where we give to other people from a place of fear of rejection of what they'll say if we don't do it. Or sometimes we just do it because it's a pleasant distraction. It's a way that we don't have to focus on our goals because really focusing on our goals is scary. You know, so many people come to me and talk about a fear of failure. I think success is actually far more scary for people. If you take a risk and step out of your comfort zone to create a new job or start a new business or set a boundary in a relationship, if it doesn't work out, you pretty much just stay where you're at. You're in the same place where you were unfulfilled. But if you're chasing success and you're really going going toward a big dream in your life, that's going to challenge all your biggest fears. You're going to have to be seen for who you really are. You might have to step out of the expectations of your family or your peer group. And sometimes we're just scared of learning a new skill, putting in the hard work. You know, we're terrified of the person that we have to become to reach the goal. So instead of putting in the work, we fall into what is known as a shadow career. And Stephen Pressfield writes about this so eloquently in his book, Turning Pro. And I highly recommend this as a read to you. But here is a passage that he shares. Sometimes when we're terrified of embracing our true calling, we'll pursue a shadow calling instead. The shadow career is a metaphor for our real career. Its shape is similar. Its contours feel tantalizingly the same. But a shadow career entails no real risk. If we fail at a shadow career, the consequences Consequences are meaningless to us. Can you relate? You know, I just did a call this morning with a potential new client who is in a shadow career right now. She's always had a passion to get into real estate, but what she really wants to do is buy and, you know, redesign and flip homes. But there's risk in that. It requires an upfront investment and you never know if the real estate market's going to fall or if there's going to be an economy crash. So what she's done instead is get into commercial leasing. And it's fun for her. She gets to help business owners find the ideal space to bring their business to life. But it's not really the highest vision that she has creatively for her life. It's adjacent 
to that career. You know, it's kind of related to real estate, but it's not really the thing that she wants to do. And there are other examples of this. You might be a high school English teacher who spends every semester lecturing on the classics and talking about other people's great work. But deep down, what you really want to do is write your own classic and leave your legacy. I see this with a lot of people who have an urge to get into coaching to help and support other people through a specific problem, whether it be their health, their career, you know, people who are just general life coaches. And what they end up doing is staying in a soul-sucking job where they're supporting a boss that they don't even like, working at a company that they don't even respect. So it's kind of the thing they want to do, but there's no risk of stepping out and being seen. And once I read this book by Stephen Pressfield, it really opened my eyes and how I fell into a media executive job working in management and stayed in it for 18 years of my life. Because my dream growing up was never to sit behind a desk and write ratings reports and be this empty suit and a yes man, you know, sending emails to people up the food chain. The thing that I wanted from a very young age was to be my own talk show host. I wanted to have a morning radio show. And this is so funny because one of the questions that I ask people a lot when they're trying to get clear on their calling, and maybe we'll actually do that episode with the full list of questions that will help you start to get clear on what your life's calling is. But one of them, you know, involves what were the things that you loved to do as a child? What were the things that just came easy that you showed an interest in? And it's so funny because when I was in first and second grade, I would sit after school in my bedroom and I would take my parents' boom box that had one of those like little condenser microphones in the corner and I would set up my Fisher Price, my first record player. I know I'm totally dating myself right now, but if you are Gen X or older, you remember having the Fisher Price, my first record player. And I would do my own little radio show. I would play all the albums that I got from my Scholastic Book Club, which was usually stuff like Sesame Street albums. Like I would play C is for Cookie, the way Top 40 radio stations were playing that Meet Me in the Middle song (laughs) all during 2018. And I would play that. And then I would go on and I would start talking into the microphone about things that were going on at my school that day. My parents used to have all these cassettes. And I think they lost them in the move. It would be fascinating to go back and listen to them now. But at one point, you know, I would do my radio show and I would give out the Turkey of the Day Award. And the Turkey of the Day in every show that I did was always this kid, Braxton, who beat the crap out of me on the playground every day in first grade. So there was like little six-year-old Dan, like, you know, hello, boys and girls. Today, it's time for our Turkey of the Day. Our Turkey of the Day is Braxton. And I remember this so clearly at one point on one of the cassettes that they played for me years later, I said, he's a really nice kid until you get to know him. (laughs) I think that was my version of like first grade burn book. (laughs) I could just throw shade at whoever wasn't nice to me. And I would even take my parents had this uh, little light that they put up at the bar in the living room and it was set up like a traffic light. So if it was green, the bar was open. Yellow was last call. Red was the bar is closed. And I would even take that little light and plug it in because when I was on the radio, quote unquote, and 
talking and doing my show, I would turn the red light on to let people know that they should stay out of my bedroom. It was sort of a professional setup for first grade, but not really, because you would also hear me eating potato chips in the middle of the broadcast. But that was my big thing, you know, from a very early age is I just wanted to connect with people. I always had an urge to be the one friendly voice in somebody's life. It's a lot of the things that I do now as a coach and even with this podcast, but it's what I wanted to do in my radio career. And yet what happened was, is I listened to a lot of people who got into my ear and said, well, that's not the real stable way to keep a job. Like, you know, the real opportunity is if you get into management, Dan, and become a program director. And by the way, you know, people get too old to be on the radio, so you're going to age out of it. So go get into management. And that became my shadow career is, you know, even though I spent a little bit of my career on the air as a radio personality, I mostly work behind the scenes. I help develop other talent. I put new morning shows together and help them develop their content, help them create goals and strategies, you know, to bring their creativity to life. All the while, I was feeling stifled in my life. I was really trying to struggle and figure out, well, what is my creative voice? You know, I think that's part of the reason I continued to always do like little local community theater on the side while I worked as radio management. I was just looking for some way for self-expression. Stephen Pressfield writes about his experience in a shadow career in the book Turning Pro. Before he became a writer, he He was working as a truck driver. And for him, there was a tremendous sense of freedom that he thought he was going to get by being out on these open roads. But what he says is every open road led nowhere. And the whole time he was keeping a little typewriter back in the sleeping cabin of this truck that he was driving everywhere, but he would never take it out because he was afraid of riding or people judging it or critiquing him. He was afraid to let his voice be seen. And the differentiation he makes in the book is between the person who is an artist and the person who is an addict, which I think is a really interesting differentiation because I see this all the time in working with clients. We can become addicted to the soul-sucking job. According to Pressfield, both the addict and the artist are dealing with the same material. It's that struggle against self-sabotage. It's the pain of just being a human. But according to him, the addict, which he says is really just an amateur, is addicted to distraction. You know, it's not even just in terms of what we hear about like tortured artists, people who drink, people who do drugs, people who are, you know, gambling. There's other ways that we can numb out and displace ourselves from our creativity. You know, now in this age, it's just your smartphone. How many times have you ever wanted to start a new project or get to the gym or create a new goal in your life, but then all of a sudden you just find yourself scrolling through Instagram and going down a YouTube rabbit hole until two hours pass, and now you don't have the time or the energy to show up for your goals. So what happens is, is we enact an addiction in whatever form that takes. Could be texting, could be Netflix, could be sexting, could be swiping on dating apps, and we do that to avoid showing up for our calling. And again, I don't look at this as just being relevant to people who have an artistic expression that wants to come out. This isn't just for writers, performers, singers, songwriters. This is for anybody. I mean, everything that we have in our life, in some ways, we've created it. 
the friendships, the relationships, the family relationships. If you're a person who lives in isolation and you're afraid to create friendships because you're afraid of rejection or being betrayed, then you can enact the same addiction to avoid it. So I don't want anybody to listen to the podcast and think, oh, Dan's just talking about struggling artists. This is for anybody who is just not happy in their career. And if you find yourself dissatisfied, the real question that you have to ask yourself is the career I'm in right now, what is it a metaphor for? How is it a metaphor for the thing that I really want to do? And here are a few questions you should consider if you're on the fence, if you're taking in all of what I'm saying today and you're not sure that your career is a shadow career. Ask yourself, A, how do I feel each day at work? Am I feeling pleasant emotions? Am I feeling upbeat and positive? Or am I feeling negative emotions? Am I tired? Am I overwhelmed? Am I resentful? Am I angry? Another question you should consider is how frustrated frustrated do you get when you see other people fulfilling their dreams? Do you get racked with envy? Oh my God, you can see this on social media right now. Kylie Jenner has become the world's youngest self-made billionaire, and there is so much hate being spewed in her direction. People are so upset and resentful. They say she doesn't deserve it. She's only doing it because of her family and the name that she was born into. And yet, you know, whether you like Kylie Jenner or not, and I'm not a Kardashian defender by any means, you know, I, I get the fact there's a lot of sketchiness in that family, but Kylie Jenner has absolutely no control over the family that she was born into. She's just taken the hand that she was dealt and she's made the most of it. And there are other kids, by the way, who were born into rich families. We see this in Hollywood all the time, who end up overdosed with a needle in their arm behind a dumpster outside of a nightclub somewhere. So the fact that this girl's been able to take a passion in her life for cosmetics, for beauty, and turn it into a billion dollar brand, good on her. And if you're jealous of it, get curious. Why? What are you not pursuing in your life that you're feeling triggered? Because any time that you're envious of anyone, it's usually that they're reflecting an untapped potential within yourself that you just haven't brought forward yet. So really get clear on that. Are you frustrated and envious when other people reach their dreams? Also, how tired are you at the end of the day? Does your work deplete you or does it give you energy? If you're depleted and you're tired, it's very likely that you're in some form of a shadow career. Are you bored at work? If you're nodding your head yes, it's time you and I have a conversation about how to get you into an authentic career. And is creative self-expression something that you value? Is that important to you? And do you find yourself spending your time promoting other people's creative ideas, usually at the expense of your own. And if all else fails, you can just ask yourself how much anxiety and depression are playing into your life right now as it pertains to your work. You know, if going to work every day makes you feel anxious, there is some info, there's some data there that you and I need to explore. If you're nodding your head saying, yes, Dan, all these things look and feel familiar to me, how do you overcome a shadow career? 
A, I would tell you that it takes time, but here are three tips that I would love for you to consider. Number one, you have got to eliminate all the energy vampires in your life. This means creating boundaries with the people who are perpetually in crisis, where the sky was always falling, and they're looking for you to help drag them out of the muck. Because all the energy that you're investing in them is really energy that you could be using to bring your vision to life. And energy vampires are the ones who are always knocking you off of your creative center. In fact, some of you are hearing this right now and you're already thinking of who that person might be in your life. And the answer is yes. The person you're thinking of is exactly the person who is draining your energy in your life. And, you know, this doesn't mean that we don't show compassion and this doesn't mean that we don't love those people, but it's okay to say no and it's okay to set a boundary. And here's the thing. It's actually what's best for the energy vampire because they're usually living in a condition that we call learned helplessness. So they're not taking charge of their life. They perpetually want to be rescued. So you're actually doing them a favor when you back away from the table and make them take responsibility for the circumstances of their life. Number two, if you're looking to leave a shadow career, realize it doesn't have to happen overnight. You can go slowly. You know, I gave you some examples on a previous episode at the end of last year about some of my clients who've created dream careers slowly but surely. My client and friend Lori over the past year has built this amazing business. She's going to out earn her six figure corporate salary in year one. But she over 12 months did the research, built the clientele, built the case studies before she left her corporate job. You know, there are other people who cut to part time hours at a soul sucking job so that they can free up that time and energy to invest in their next dream. So a lot of people, you know, we live in this black and white world where we think if I want to do the work that I'm meant to do, it means I cannot any longer earn an income and I've got to cut bait where I'm at. And while that's the path that I took, it's not always the path that I recommend to people. That's a pretty stressful way to live. Also, you've got to be able to fight your negative beliefs because at the end of whatever surface level story that people tell me about why they can't go after their dream, it usually boils down to one of three beliefs. It's I'm not enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not old enough, young enough, attractive enough, whatever. On some level, I am inadequate. I'm not enough. Number two, if I'm not enough, people are going to reject me. You know, my family will be disappointed in me. I'm going to let people down. I'm going to hurt the people I love if I try something and it doesn't work out. And then number three, if I get rejected, holy God, then I'm alone. And that triggers that primal fear of death that we all have. You know, because if you think about it, just, you know, going back to the early beginnings of man, if you get excommunicated from the tribe, that meant no access to fire, water, shelter, food. It meant that you would die. And that fear response is still programmed into our brain. It has never overcome evolution. So what you need to do is find a coach, a mentor, a therapist, somebody who can help you really get to where you made these negative beliefs about yourself, help you overcome it. So then you can create the strategy and the action plan to move forward. Again, if you're not fulfilled in your current career, you have to ask yourself, what 
is the job I have right now, what is it a metaphor for? How is it adjacent to the thing I want to do, but I'm too afraid to do it? And then we want to be able to create just three small steps right now to get you refocused on bringing your dream to life. We've got to set boundaries with the energy vampires. Number two, we want to take it one step at a time. The small baby steps that over time are going to push you in the direction you want to go. And number three, find a coach, mentor, therapist, somebody who's going to help you overcome those limiting beliefs. And if you're looking for some help on this, man, this is my jam. This is what I do. Help people overcome the conditioning of who you were taught to be so that you can step into the person that you're really meant to become and give the gifts that you're here to share with the world. You can get more info on that. Find out how to work with me at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. If the podcast is serving you this week and you're loving this, would you please share it up on social media? You can tag me on Instagram and Twitter at CSC Dan Mason. Don't forget, you can always leave those five-star ratings and reviews up on Apple. It really helps us with the algorithm and to get this message out to more people. And whether you're looking to fill out an application so we can work together or updates on some of the complimentary online trainings that I do, you can sign up for my mailing list and be on my VIP list right now at creativesoulcoaching.net. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. It is always a privilege to serve you. And don't forget, it's time to turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.